Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Canberra Football Show, episode 21, MPL2 preview. I have Russ and Michael with me, but before we get into the MPL2 preview, a congratulations to Russ on making his uh, big A-League debut, commentating with Mark Bosnich, of all people. Yeah, thanks uh, very much, Matt. It was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. I got a call up yesterday morning. Adam Peacock was sick. I had a phone call about 9.30 asking me if I could get up to Wollongong with absolutely no prep whatsoever. Um, to be fair, I hadn't watched Wellington or MacArthur much at all this season, so it was a, a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants kind of thing. Got there and just tried to wing it as best I could, and I think it went pretty okay, and it was a reasonable match to watch, a bit of a tactical battle, but it was nice to um, finally get an A-League game under my belt, and it was hopefully I can do some more, and I dropped you in it because you had to go and do Belcon and Bell North. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I guess going off that, uh, Russ, more so along the sort of lines of being able to not only have the opportunity to commentate um, your first A-League game, but to do it alongside someone like Mark Bosnich, who we all know, um, who played for Australia at, you know, international level as a fantastic goalkeeper. He's got experience in the Premier League and, you know, he's been involved in the A-League media-wise for for a while now. I guess I'm curious to gather your thoughts on what it was like to, um, you know, commentate a, commentate a game alongside a, a personality uh, like that in Australian football. Yeah, well, fortunately, um, I've met Mark a few times before in terms of when I was media managing um, at Canberra Stadium for Asian Cup. He was down for a few games of the Socceroos. And when I was assisting with the Socceroos up in um, Sydney for Asian Cup and that kind of thing and, and Socceroos matches, he's been there. So I've met him a few times before when he was commentating alongside Simon Hill and those kind of people. Um, so it, was, it, it wasn't as if I didn't know him in the first instance and he knew me as well, which was good, which made the, the rapport um, nice and easy. But I think with that instance, I just tried to make sure that he... Um, was on top of all the analysis and, and, he, and he knows the game inside out. So from my point of view, I was left to just concentrate on um, calling the players, describing the action and, and you know, posing him the odd question. And he's top notch. He's done it with so many people before in the past. Um, as a Manchester United fan myself, I remember him being in goal for United when they won the World Club Championship, as it was the Intercontinental Cup in 1999 against Palmeiras. And he made a um, huge amount of astonishing saves in that game and, yeah, to sit alongside him was an absolute privilege, to be honest, especially in a, in, a, in a game where we could call together. And I think he enjoyed it as well. And I, I enjoyed every minute of it. 100%. And uh, before we get in, before Michael starts with the first club, uh, your social media has also been off the hook. Oh, it's, been, it's been crazy. I need a social media manager. Now, though, I'd like to thank to everybody in the um, Canberra football community, friends and family who took the time out to send me messages of, of good luck before um, before the match and afterwards as well. It, to be honest, when I sat there, it was a little bit nervous um, for the first you know half an hour before kickoff when, the, when we went on air and I was waiting for my chance to come on. So flicking through those messages of, of good luck and you know from, from my friends and family really kind of just calmed me down a bit and got me in the zone. Um, to, to do uh, as best call as I could at the time. No, absolutely. It was, yeah. Uh, and once again, I guess what, just before we move on, yeah, just congratulations uh, on, on that experience and the reception that you've received because you, yeah, you did an exceptional job um, and made our Canberra football proud. So, um, yeah, well much. done on that. Last. Well, you know, um, back, back to reality this week, I've got Canberra Croatia versus Queanbeyan on Wednesday in the FA Cup and then down to Ipan Park for Brindabella Blues against Walker City Wanderers. And from, um, back into it. from uh, Mark Bosnich, I go to Frank Keisha on Wednesday and Mitch Stevens on Thursday. So some football uh, knowledge locally. I, 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 to make them feel better, you're going with to, to, from Bosnich to us. So. Well, there that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a step up. 
Yeah, I would say so. The coffee's <laughs> definitely better here. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, guys. Well, we've got uh, ANU, uh, the first team that we're previewing uh, for the MPL2 um, upcoming season in 2021. Um, they've got a new coach in Adam uh, Condi Podero. Uh, in 2020, they obviously just missed out uh, on the on the uh, top four last season, finishing uh, in fifth. Uh, Russ, uh, can you give us uh, some some ins and outs or the the activity that's uh, transpired at, at ANU coming into this new season? Yeah, they've, um, as per usual, they've got some decent players that have come in. They're a, a strong side. They've got Kunyuk Kaglar that's come up from State League. He was supposed to come up last year and he's back in the frame as well. A nice little midfielder they've got there. Um, Jake Bradley's back from sabbatical. Sam Carter's has come back in as well. So he's a good addition to the squad. And Carl Hines comes in from Western Malonglo to add a little bit of spice to the attack as well. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing Liam Neeson um, from the UC Stars just because of the name he's got. It's fantastic. There's so many puns we can use around that. I'm sure he's heard them all before. Um, but he scored goals in preseason as well. He scored against Tuggerong. He scored against uh, West Canberra Wanderers in their preseason matches. So um, they look like they're in good form in preseason. They've not won a huge amount of games, but they've, they've looked really good against Tuggerong. In, in parts, they look very good against Monero Panthers and they absolutely spanked West Canberra Wanderers at Woden, at Mawson, I should say. Um, but then they had the surprise of losing in the cup to O'Connor Knights. So, you know, they would be disappointed that that happened. Um, but as per usual, we say this each year we've done, we did this last year with ANU, their, their perennial title challenges in that division. Whether they want to go up is a different story. Um, I hear rumours that they perhaps don't want to play Premier League. I don't believe that for a minute. So I think everybody wants to play Premier League football. Um, but you know how the Canberra rumour mill goes. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. They have lost Andrew Manley. He's taken a sabbatical and a couple of others as well, but they'll still be a very strong outfit. Most definitely. Um, I guess before I delve into any more uh, sort of thoughts um, and, and information in regards to ANU, Matt, do you have any um, any thoughts uh, on, on ANU uh, for this season? Yeah, I'm. I, I've met and had a couple of chats with Adam. He's uh, been involved with the ANU system for a while. He took a sabbatical last year, didn't coach, but he did coach the under twenties, which is the twenty threes now. Before that, he's done very well in that system, and he he. And it, it sort of follows that sort of ethos that uh, ANU have. They always like to bring through uh, the players that they have or their students that they have, and then also the, the coaches. So uh, Adam's been involved with them for a while. He's been waiting for this uh, top, uh, for this top uh, gig, and good luck to him because uh, he's been a crucial part of uh, the ANU setup for a while now. And I think, I'm sure you'll touch on this more, Michael, but I think it's important for ANU to sort of get in a good start because they haven't, uh, like Russ said, they haven't exactly uh, done too well in friendlies in terms of results. And last year they didn't start too well, which ended up costing them. But that was a obviously a shortened season. But I think it's important for them to get in a good start if they're um, going to challenge for the top four this year because we all know that they uh, play... We all know they're one of the best technical teams in the comp. Even last year when they didn't make the top four, uh, whenever they turned it on, they really turned it on. I understood what Russ was talking about from what he's seen in the past couple of years at ANU. Yeah, most definitely. And I guess just to go off that uh, a little bit further, that they've been a perennial side in the in this um, MPL2, you know, uh, formatted uh, competition. They've always, you know, been in and amongst the, the top four. They've won you know, numerous uh, titles over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Uh, so to see them uh, fall out of the top four last season was obviously a bit of a shock, but at the same time, you couldn't read into it too much just based on the fact that, 
it was a shortened season like we're going to touch on, you know, a lot of the times in these previews and, um, you know, it, it took them, you know, uh, you know, having to lose, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned before, Matt, the, how they had that uh, poor start uh, to the season, losing three of their first four, which cost them uh, a finals a finals berth. But uh, they'll be looking uh, to obviously bounce back this season. They've got a full season uh, to, to prepare for and play football. Um, we, we can expect them to obviously be in that, um, in that top four come come the end of the season. And we all know what they're like around finals time. They just know how to get it done. So, um, and like Russ touched on, there'll be, I think we can't really put too much onus on the rumors about them not wanting to be promoted to MPL one, because I'm sure that's the goal of every side in the MPL two is to get that promotion and play in the premier competition, which is MPL one. So, I look at some of their players. They've got like Chase Deans, Rowan Peterkin, Max Mottel, um in their forward line. The sensational players, and it was literally it was only um, two seasons ago. Of course, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to commentate on the NPL two Grand Final where they gave O'Connor a bit of a hammering. It was five one, and they played superbly well that day. Um, that side wouldn't have been out of place in an NPL one. And um, on Adam Contepidero, he's probably the least experienced coach in MPL 2 this season. It's his first season and he's got a lot of experience coming up against. We'll talk about the coaches of the other teams a bit later on, but there's a wealth of experience amongst that, that league. Um, with that becoming new, it becomes, you know, strengths and weaknesses um, because you're the first, it's your first season. You bring in lots of new ideas as well, but you're coming up against seasoned campaigners. I happen to think Adam will do really well. He's very tactically astute, um, really nice lad with it as well. And I wish him all the best. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, do you want to move on uh, to, to our uh, next club, unless you have any uh, final thoughts? Yep. Uh, I just wanted to quickly say another reason why I think it's important to get a, a big start is because, as we're going to mention uh, quite a bit in this uh, preview, a lot of these uh, sides have strengthened uh, quite a bit, and I think it's going to be probably an even more competitive competition than last year. So for for that's why I, I think they should... Uh, that's why I think they're going to be you know raring to go and get a really good start. Uh, in you know comparing to last season despite you know the differences now um let's move on to the Brindabella Blues we've got Zoran Glavnich uh, in charge for his second season at the club they finished eighth place remember they had nine teams last year oh and we also forgot to forget I forgot to mention that there is only eight teams this year in the MPL2 competition not nine Narabunda uh not rejoining the competition what happened to the boy hmm? oh yeah that is true we did have 10 teams that they is were true. they were great last year remember we had a lot of fun yeah. with them. They finished, they finished second last in that one point, yeah. No, remember, there was that thing in the, the issue on yeah. the Capital Football Ladder for a bit. Good point. <laughs> and so, yeah, so um, in terms of Zoran, like I said, entering into his second season, Brindabella didn't have the best of, of times last season. Um, however, they whenever they did sort of um, get a victory, like they, at the end of the season, they had a really good victory against uh, Ugali. They played well uh, in, in spurts, and Zoran will be the first one to tell you that they, they weren't able to turn it on for 90 minutes, which was... Um, what was you know what, what is key to uh, getting uh, the majority of the results that you can? And he, whenever when I had a chat to him in preseason, he also mentioned that he wanted to improve defensively because he said they leaked a lot of um, leaked a lot of cheap goals, uh, a lot of scrappy goals that uh, that could have been uh, avoided. So that's another aspect that he's really tried to work on in the preseason. And I think just another year of you know another year of you know chemistry building together and another year of. Uh, working under Zara, and I think I, I think Brindabella Blues will do better than people give them credit for. I'm looking forward to seeing them this week. I've got them on Thursday, like we said, in the FFA Cup game against Wagga City Wanderers. That'll be a good test 
of their credentials and where they're at at the moment. Um, in pre-season, they, they did ship 15, 15 goals in four games, but to be fair, Zoran gave them a, a fairly tough schedule. They played Granville Range, Gungarlin United, Prospect United and Wollongong United. So four really tough games to get them in, in the uh, mood for MPL2. And to their credit, they scored five goals as well. They, they um, have got young Curtis Schaefer up front. He's got bags of pace and he seems to be getting better each year when he's not running the line as in his secondary job as an assistant referee. And um, they brought in a couple of good uh, young players as well. Dennis Misic has come back from a sabbatical and he scored in pre-season two. Um, they've lost a couple as well, as everyone does in this division. There's a fair bit of movement in MPL um, two as there is in, in MPL one, because we've mentioned Canberra being such a small place in the past. Um, and of course, uh, wages in this division aren't as good as they are elsewhere. But I think they'll be a better side than they were last year. I think Zoran having a second um, bite of the cherry again and he's bolstered his ranks and he's brought a fair few through from his under-18s. And when you bring those youngsters through, as we've seen in the past, um, they either sink or swim, um, but they tend to have no fear. And with that, uh, Brenda Bella also in the MPL Youth 1, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, Youth League. So they not just that, they're going to have a better... A better um, What's the word for it? They're going to have a better selection of youth players than they probably would have in, pre in yeah, previous they'll, they'll for that have reason. A, a bigger squad as well, which will help things. Um, when you've got uh, youth players that are really keen to come in and make their mark at MPL2 level, it makes a big difference when you can call on that ranks of, of youth players that have been playing at reasonable level as well to come in and bolster your squad. Most Mark. definitely. I think just to yeah go off that, I think we're, we always talk about how important it is to have a strong um, youth system uh, in place uh, in order for, you know, the odd occurrence where your first grade uh, squad can go through, you know, uh, injuries or players having uh, commitments that affect their, um, their footballing uh, careers. And that gives uh, youngsters a chance uh, or gives the coach the opportunity to look down the, the pecking order uh, at the youth ranks to, you know, um, give players a chance at, uh, to shine at a, at a higher level. And uh, we can obviously expect uh, Brindabella uh, Blues uh, to do that uh, this season. I think Zoran will be keeping a close eye on on the youth ranks. And especially if, um, like how there is in, you know, most seasons, the squads are going to go through their turbulent times w w with injuries and, um, uh, well, mainly just injuries, I, I should say. Um, and like I mentioned before about um, uh, commitments, um, that might get in the way of, of, of football. Um, there is that opportunity to uh, look down the down the list um, at, at your youth players, and you always want to be promoting uh, youth. We always talk about it in Canberra how important it is to bring bring up the youth uh, and give them that exposure to you know higher leagues and and uh, more difficult uh, competition for these youngsters uh, to you know help them develop um, at a younger age to be playing against you know um, really good teams and um, premier competition. So. Um, you know, we, I think we can expect um, some uh, youngsters to be promoted uh, through, throughout the season for, for Brinda Bella. Um, they'll be a tough outfit and I'm sure they'll um, look to improve on uh, their eighth place uh, last, last season. And they could give themselves a big boost if they can get a result on Thursday night against Wagga in the FFA Cup. That's a good momentum boost for them as well, heading into the season, um, a place in the last eight of the FFA Cup. Right, Absolutely. Michael, and, uh, club if you don't have any... Last words? No, no, no. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. Uh, so we've got the uh, Canberra White Eagles uh, with uh, Coach Steve Forshaw at the helm again uh, in the 2020 season. Last year they finished uh, fourth, uh, and in the finals uh, they lost that agonisingly semi-final uh, to Ugali. 
uh, three goals to two. So it was a cracking game there in the uh, the semifinal. Uh, Russ, before we get into um, White Eagles a little bit further, um, any um, significant ins or outs uh, concerning uh, White Eagles? There's a few. Um, there's been a, a bit of a, a sea change at the Eagles this year. They've um, they were struggling for numbers till the weekend in their 23s, and they've picked up four or five new players. I understand on the weekend for their under 23 setup, which is going to make them a bit stronger this year. Um, they brought players in like Ed McCarthy from Monero Panthers, Osman Darami as well, Ben Townsley Mans come in, Caleb Cullen Rua. So they've brought in some real quality into that squad, into a team that's pretty strong anyway. They generally make the finals. Um, they generally make the top four. I think it was only 2017 in the last four or five years that they haven't made the finals. Um, they're very, very good. They're always good. Struggled in pre-season for goals. They've only got uh, four in five matches, which it hasn't been the best return for them. Ed McCarthy's bagged a couple for them. Um, ben Townsley's been on the mark as well. But they've, in, in fairness to them as well, they've played some tough opposition, much like Brinda Bella. They went up against Monero, Tuggeron and Canberra Olympic in adversary encounters um, and Albion Park White, White Eagles. So they Perhaps weren't expected to win too many of them. Where they would have been disappointed, I believe, would have been that FFA Cup exit to Bell North. Um, they were do- undone by a couple of goals there in a game that they dominated in terms of possession and territory and just couldn't find something in that final third. I speak to Steve Forsher a lot, as you're probably aware. He co-commentates with me a fair bit and he was with me on Saturday for the Charity Shield. And yeah, he's well aware of what they've got to do to improve and, and, and to get better. And I think it's in that final third um, where he's got a few worries at the moment, but I've no doubt that they'll figure something out before the season starts. Too much quality in the group with Dejan Santrak, particularly outstanding, uh, wonderful footballer. Getting on a bit now, he won't mind us saying, but still runs the midfield and pulls the strings and he's a delight to watch. And they've got some really good footballers. And again, another good team that we're looking forward to and they'll be pushing for the top four and they'll be pushing for promotion. Yeah, they most certainly will. Um Obviously, you mentioned there that you've been in, um, you've known Steve for sure for a while. Um, uh, obviously, he's at the helm. Uh, you know, he just like Graham Plath, uh, the former coach, he, he has a lot of uh, MPL one uh, experience. Um, you know, most, most recently being in charge of um, uh, at Belcon uh, United. Um, obviously, for sure, he's best known for his uh, his FFA Cup run with Tuggeranong uh, to the round of sixteen in uh, twenty fourteen. As sure of uh, Canberrans are all aware. Uh, when we cast our minds back uh, to famous FFA uh, Cup runs. Um, obviously, you mentioned the changes uh, to, to the squad. Um, they've made some good additions uh, as well, like you mentioned, Russ. Um, I think like A&U, they're, they're a constant uh, side in that in that top four. We, we consider them a, a top four side. They're, they're a solid side. They they play you know good enough football. They're always at the uh, higher end of, uh, of the table uh, and certainly... Uh, when it when it comes to um, looking to to clinch uh, you know a grand final berth or or the title as well, they're they're a very um, they're a very good team, um, and it, it's 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 hard to judge them in terms of their preseason form. I mean, like you mentioned there, they've had a few difficult results, but uh, with that, they've had some very uh, tough games, and um, you know they they let a two goal lead slip against Tuggeranong United and were eliminated from the FFA Cup uh, by Bell Bell North. Sorry, like you mentioned. Um, but they've got quality and abundance. You touched on uh, Dayan uh, Santrak there. Um, he, he's been at White Eagles, um, you know, for a while, ever since moving on from uh, Kuma, Kuma Tigers. Um, so uh, they'll be a very good side uh, th- this season. We can always expect them to be a, a good side, especially with the new additions. Matt, uh, do you have any, have any thoughts uh, on White Eagles uh, this season? 
yeah, I saw them in preseason against Tuggeron. I think I saw you there as yeah, well. We were there, yeah. um, and I, I was only able to catch the first half and they were winning, I think it was 2-0 and they ended up losing 3-2. But I thought I thought that you did quite well in that yeah. in that first half. And I think, and it, it, they did look like a bit of a younger outfit as well. There's a, uh, they've, they've uh, spiced things up a little bit in that regard. So it's, I'm, I'm just intrigued to see how they go with Steve Forshaw at the helm with, um, because there's going to be a lot of ambitions this year, especially with promotion. Them, White Eagles, along with uh, O'Connor and Queenbee, and those three are going to be the ones that I think are going to be the most ambitious for the promotion. Not that everyone doesn't yeah. want to make promotion, but I think you just with the boards and with the, with the moves they've made, I think those three are going to be the ones where, let's just leave it this way, uh, this is probably a better way to put it. They're probably the most vocal about wanting to make the, uh, you know, the the promotion. Yeah, we can't really read too much in the preseason. That game with with Chugrong, they had a brand new yeah. outfit in the first half. They were undone by three set pieces in the second half. And the game I, I saw most of that first half, like you did, and I saw the game against Monero Panthers. Again, they were undone by a set piece in that one as well. So they're very avoidable goals. Um, that FFA Cup run you mentioned, Michael, um, was my one and only uh, half season of assistant coaching where I was alongside Steve Forshaw there and I sat through many of his team talks and many of his tactical analysis of opposition. And he's one of the coaches in Canberra and we're lucky to have a fair few of them that have got a real astute tactical brain. Um, pleasure to talk to you. If you ever get the chance to sit down over coffee and talk football with Steve, you won't regret it. Um, um, I think they're going to do very well this season. Like I say, preseason's not been great, but you know, preseason's preseason. We mentioned that. It gives us a guide to talk about, but realistically, all that matters is uh, three o'clock on that first Saturday. Absolutely. I guess sort of just to go off that a bit more, uh, Russ, uh, in terms of having a, a coach like Forshaw um, at White Eagles um, in the MPL too, and we, we talk about um, the wealth of experience that um, is coming through with coaches um, at, at this level, not even just at the MPL1 level now, but we're talking about um, MPL2, um, which, we'll ch- which we'll touch on uh, soon with Queanbeyan City as well with Gabby Wilk. Um, who obviously used to coach in the MPL one, but can you just speak a little bit about how how good it is just for just for those two comp- premier competitions here in Canberra, the MPL one and MPL two, having not only just all these experienced coaches uh, in the MPL one competition, but then now is spread across into MPL two, where the narrative obviously plays into it of promotion for these MPL two clubs, and they want to you know assemble good teams and good coaches in order to make that push um, so that they can play in the MPL one competitions as well. Can you just talk a little bit about um, the spread um, of coaches that we've got now across the two uh, competitions? Well, Stan on Fortal just for the second to start with then. I mean, he he decided to take a sabbatical after he left Belcon United um, under not the best of circumstances. And I think that that year off really refreshed him. Um, and he wouldn't have just taken any job to come back. I think it took a a special kind of club to to make him reverse that decision and come out of retirement, if you like. And I think he's found his passion back again. And uh, I think that's a good outfit for him to be involved in. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, politics behind the scene, but there are uh, at these uh, all these clubs that we have. But Steve's a kind of bloke that can, you know, negotiate that kind of path. Um, and I think they're very ambitious. And, and you've seen that ambition across all these clubs that have, have, have appointed coaches that have, have done it at the top grades. You bring Bella Blues with Zoran. He's been a Premier League coach. Um, Queen Bean City. Um, we talk O'Connor Knights later on with Miro. 
uh, Trinic, he's he's been there as well and done it at Canberra, Canberra Croatia. Uh, so they've all got huge amounts of experience and it brings a whole new dimension to the competition at that level as well. And that's not to decry any of the younger coaches that are coming through. We're seeing some fantastic ones. Look at Michael Zukowski on the weekend for Balcon United in the Women's Charity Shield. Um, they put one over Nick Brosnich, another great young coach that's coming through. So it's we've got some fantastic coaches in Canberra. Um, we've got some fantastic football people in, in total. And I think we'll see in the NPL too this year, clubs will be a, a lot better organised, a lot better tactically aware because they've got these guys in, in charge and it's going to make for a much better competition. 100%. All right. Let's move on to O'Connor Knights. Now, O'Connor Knights, like you said, coached by Miro uh, Trinich, and they came sixth last season. They, along with uh, ANU, we mentioned that before, but they got off to a poor start to begin with. And however, they will be the first ones to tell you that they um, sort of treated the season like a, uh, like a, a longer preseason. I think Alex said that in his interview with me. Um, you'll, uh, yeah, they don't, um, they, they wouldn't have shied back from uh, saying that. Um, however, O'Connor did, uh, when they, near the end of the season, when they, uh, near, near the end, they ended up getting some, uh, some good wins and you saw why everyone talks about O'Connor Knights in, you know, in such high regard you know, when it comes to um, uh, the, the way they play. And in terms of the way they play, I did see them a bit in preseason. I saw them, uh, I saw the first half against uh, Monaro in the FA Cup. And I also saw them against uh, Gungalan. Now, they, I know they shipped uh, goals in both those matches. However, I, I, I felt they, uh, they, they, they were quite, um, they, they, they set up quite well in terms of defensively and they broke very quickly. But the way they defended, and and for the for the period, the long periods that they did defend, I thought they showed that they were tactically flexible, which will be uh, very key for them. I think against some of the bigger sides, especially uh, Queen City, who I think will be a more attacking side this season than a lot of the teams in the comp. And we all know Ugali as well are probably one of the most attacking sides in the comp. So I think that gives them the tactical flexibility that they might not have had last year when they shipped quite a quite a few goals to the likes of Ugali and and some of the other sides. So I think uh, they are pretty well set up in terms of their tackle flexibility. Uh, so uh, before we delve in more into O'Connor Knights, Russ, uh, what are some of the key ins and outs that you have there? Well, the list that we've got includes people with plenty of Premier League experience with Jason Denham, Liam Walsh, Mitch Steenberg and David McCarran, Jake Wills and Daniel Roberts, to name just a few. Um, it's a fantastic looking squad that they've got there. We know that we spent, we did this podcast, what would have been 12 months ago, maybe a bit longer now, when we were talking about MPL2 and um, promotion was on the cards back in before COVID hit. And O'Connor were building for that. And I think of all the teams that were hurt by COVID coming in, and everyone will have their own opinion. I think O'Connor probably felt it the most. They were really geared up and excited to push for promotion last year. And when it didn't happen, uh, their players were deflated, their board was deflated. I think it took an awful lot out of them. And we saw that in their results. It, as you said, Alex uh, Treninich mean, um, mentioned it was it was an extended preseason for them. There wasn't anything to play for. This is a team of winners. It's a team of players that want to win football matches. Um, I must mention Josip Yardrich, otherwise he'll never talk to me again. <laughs> he's a, a quality player, though, Josip. And when they get him fit, he's a huge asset to their team. His pace is phenomenal. Um, I once saw him score something like 10 goals in a game against Monero in a in a youth, uh, an under-23s match, I think it might have been, or something ridiculous. And he went in goal for the last 15 minutes or so. And he's got such quality. Um, if they can keep him fit, he's had his injury problems, but he's a huge part as well, because in transition, 
Uh, he's hard to catch. And they're building for this title. They, they're a real threat. We saw um, in the FFA Cup, they came from one down to beat Air New. They led Monero Panthers on the weekend for large swathes of the game until um, Martin Zygmunt uh, was sent off and they blew up in the last 15 minutes against a, a quality Monero Panthers outfit. So that's no disgrace for them. But for, for large parts of that, they were in the match and, and holding out against a side that we tipped last week to be in the top three or four in the Premier League. So um, if we're not saying that O'Connor Knights are going to be in the top four, I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, th- I think the the biggest uh, t- takeaway for this O'Connor Knights team coming into the 2021 uh, season is the fact that, like we've touched on, they they uh, brought in a lot of players. They invested in uh, bringing in uh, quality players in order to make that push uh, to TMPL one. And then when, when COVID got in the way and that sort of disrupted, uh, sorry, uh, got in the way uh, and disrupted their, their plans of making that a reality, um, it did um, shoot them in the foot. And you, you could tell that uh, throughout the shortened season last year, um, they, they were kind of um, just playing games, you know, for, for the sake of it um, in hope that um, they can prepare better for t- 2021, which is the case now. Um, and, they won't um, have that uh, shortened season as an excuse this time around. Um, they, they've got the quality there from from last year that didn't work out, uh, but now that they've got more players that have that have come in uh, to, to the playing group, considering that uh, promotion is on the line uh, this time uh, as well, um, you know it's it's essentially their second bite of the cherry, and it's something that they'll want to uh, capitalize most definitely. And it's not going to be an easy um, path uh, for them to. Um, you know, encapsulate that MPL one um, competition berth. Uh, they've got some quality sides that um, will be looking to do the same. Um, but you know, uh, they've got the quality there. Um, it'll it'll just be interesting to see how they match up against the likes of you know, White Eagles, um, ANU, uh, Queanbeyan, uh, you know, Ugali, um, and, and just to name a few. But it, the MPL two competition is is very. Uh, there's a lot of depth there, so. Um, we'll, we'll see how they perform, but they'll be definitely looking to, um, you know, capture promotion this season now that it's actually uh, on on the table. 100%. I'll just say one last thing before we uh, move yep. on. They uh, Their captain, Dylan uh, DeMontis, uh, tore his other meniscus though and is out for the season. So that's a bit... That's a big loss for them. Best of luck to him in his, uh, in his surgery. So that's a bit of leadership uh, gone, but... Uh, in, in saying that, though, it seemed like like we've all said they've built quite a side, and I was quite impressed when I saw them in preseason in terms of their defensive ability. And we all know their attacking ability. You've mentioned it there, so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how O'Connor Knights go this season. I'm sure they'll definitely not only be pushing for the top four, but be pushing for that first place for promotion. Any last words for us before we move on to Queenie? No, I think you've uh, summed it up quite well there. I think they're going to be one of the sides that are really in contention. There's a lot of them in this division. Um, no one's going to think that they're not going to make that top four and push for promotion. I think we're going to be some massively intriguing battles and the clashes between O'Connor v. Queenbian and the ANUs, like you mentioned, are going to be huge. Most definitely. And moving on now uh, to, to Queenbian City uh, with coach uh, Gabby Wilk uh, at the helm uh, in the MPL2 competition. Uh, last season, they finished uh, second uh, in the table uh, where then in the finals, they lost in the semis to Wagga City 2-1. Uh, Russ, uh, what are the key um, additions uh, or departures uh, at, at Queanbeyan City? 
we know we mentioned it in the MPL one preview. Yeah, they brought in the um, Tigers, mate. That, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year's MPL one Kuma Tigers team have all up ship and gone to Queanbeyan. Uh, and, and whilst we joke, there is a lot. I mean, uh, let's have a think. Mark Shields, Michael Kitter, Goran Josephovsky, um, Alex Olorikby, Hussein Farej. Um, and of course, that doesn't add Michael Adams to the mix. Um, Dean Tomeski. There's some great players that they brought in. And Gabby Wilk is well known for being able to do that. He's got a, a squad of... Um, I won't say veteran, but experienced footballers that know what to do at the top level, know how to win football matches. Um, as with most Gabby sides, massively attack-minded. They score a load, they concede a load. They've scored 19 in pre-season and conceded 17 in seven matches. They've been really um, busy. And I think what summed them up was a trip to Coniston where they lost 6-5. And they were missing a few players on that day. Um, but that just goes to show what quality they have. Michael Adams got a hat-trick there. Mark Shields started the season at a house on fire. He scored um, seven goals in the first three games he played, and he was looking super fit. He's got himself a little ankle injury at the moment. I think he'll be over very shortly. He should be fit for Wednesday. But he's looking fitter than I've seen him in a long time. Um, they've added some South American talent into there as well. They've brought um, young Joda Gonzalez over from Belconi United. Uh, he's only a teenager, but he's built like a a huge human as well. So he's going to be a massive asset to them. And they've just signed Emmanuel Ponce from, I think that's how you pronounce it, from Hawkesbury in MPL4. He was the player of the year up there in MPL4, New South Wales. Um, seen him a couple of times in pre-season. He's got a silky touch and he's got some awareness around him. So if they can, uh, you know, com- uh, get him into that side and combine him with some of the other players they've got, um, not to mention this, the, the uh, experience that Goran Josovsky brings to that outfit as well. It's just a, an incredible side. Um, as long as they don't put Nick Noveski on, on the goal line, which I saw them do in pre-season, <laughs> he's not the tallest man in the world. And <laughs> he, uh, I did have a laugh with him about why, why they decided to put him on the post for free kicks. <laughs> but it was... Uh, yeah. yeah and, and, and you look at that. And, and, and I want to mention um, Stephen Serbanoski as well. Um, he floats around in and around the firsts and reserves and of all the finishes they've got, he's probably the most natural. He strikes the ball so well. Um, he's very languid. Reminds me when he plays of uh, someone like Dimitar Berbatov, you know, just a strolls around the park and he's got that touch of ability. And when they get a free kick, he's absolutely deadly. So keep an eye out for him making some cameo appearances as well. It'd be well worth your time. I think before I go on, Matt, are we going to get the phone or do we want to leave it? <laughs> That's on my phone. That's your time. phone. That's mate. your phone this time. Good <laughs> <In> morning. <laughs> For once, it's not me. And, and the phone did ring a couple of times before you guys before we started. So I was worried that would be me today. It's it's probably that's not, that's not me. It's probably Nick Noveski. Having a word. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, it's not. It's none of us, mate. So I don't know what that There's is. There's a but... phantom phone ringing in the background. <laughs> the phantom phone. Oh, that's strange, isn't it? So, it might have been Gabby Wilk who went into other words. <laughs> yeah, been. maybe. So, um, I think just to go just to go into that uh, a bit more, you talk about all the additions that they've made, uh, Russ, to uh, to the squad uh, this season at Queanbeyan. Um, I think the inclusion of, of Gabby and Joya Wilk uh, to the coaching uh, side of things um, makes the team very ambitious uh, going into the season. Uh, there's obviously a lot of buzz uh, around them uh, this season, uh, especially from their from their own supporting. Uh, base as well and, and rightfully so I mean if you've been to a Grameen City uh, game before uh, the, the fans are out in full force and uh, 
make make their voices uh, known. That's for sure. Uh, whenever you go and watch uh, Queanbeyan City play a football match, so uh, they actually had a very good. Like I mentioned at the top uh, of the preview with them, uh, they they had a good season last year under uh, Luca Oida. Uh, where they just missed out uh, on a grand final, grand final position in the final uh, 15 minutes against Wagga City Wanderers uh, in, the, in the semis there. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see the transition um, for Gabby and, he, and his star-studded uh, lineup. Uh, you know, they're, they're training three days a week with, you know, clear promotion ambitions. You know, you don't train three three times a week for no reason. So you know, they'll, be, they'll be looking to, to make, that, uh, make that leap for sure. They brought in a strength and conditioning coordinator as well to get them through this first part of the season to to get those guys up to fitness as well. But you mentioned it there; they weren't far away last season, and they've just improved the squad no end. And they've kept the core of the players that kept got them there last year. Maddie Ryan at centre back as well is a huge part of that football team. Um, he leads by example as well. One of the best defenders outside of the MPL one competition. And I think they're just going to push and push, and they'll be really entertaining to watch. Um, there'll be plenty of goals. Um, and they'll be worth a look. And I think, you know, if you get the chance to come and see them on Wednesday or tune into Bar TV, they'll give Canberra Croatia a good shake as well. Um, I think they go into that one. Canberra Croatia probably a little bit nervous. Yeah, look, I was, I've, I've said it before, but I was very, very impressed with Queen City last year under Luca Oina. I thought they were terrific. They were the most, they were very good defensively as well. And yeah, like Michael, like you mentioned there, they weren't very far away from, Making that fight uh, from you know making that final or just going to penalties, three they, points off top spot I think at the end of the and, day as well, and, and and that as well. So they I I I was very impressed with the last season. They they yeah. So I'm I'm intrigued to see the transition from Oida to to Gabby. Obviously, we all know Gabby's not not only is he a tap minor coach, he's a very big personality as well. Him and Jair. So it's going to be uh, and he 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 knows those all those players well that he brought that he brought in Mark Shields of course we've known him for, he's he's been around uh, for years always scoring a lot of goals he's going to be key for them and you mentioned the supporter base I think that's going to be key as well I think they're probably going to be one of the best uh, supported clubs in either competition whether it's the MPLW or the MPL one this season uh, I've, I've I've talked to a few of the uh, three of the under twenty threes players, and um, that all that are always there for the matches, and they always watch. And just in general, I've talked to a lot of people who either sp- sponsor the club or always go to their matches. And there's a massive buzz around Queanbeyan City. I would say it's probably the biggest buzz out of any of the supporter bases in Canberra this season. So I'm just intrigued to see um, how they go because, well, yeah, there's a massive, massive buzz about them this season. I cannot stress that enough. You've got, I think you've met, nailed it, mate. I think the most important thing you mentioned there, it's just great for football in Canberra to have Gabby and Jair back um, doing what they do best, which is coaching football teams. And uh, two great personalities that we missed in the Canberra football region. Gabby obviously went back to um, South America, to Argentina to coach over there and COVID brought him back. And whilst that wasn't ideal from him, from our point of view and a purely selfish point of view, wonderful to see him back um, in amongst the football fraternity of Canberra. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, we ready to move on? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So on from... I mentioned the semi-final that Queanbeyan were in. They were playing Wagga City Wanderers in that semi-final, who were the champions last year under coach uh, Michael Babich. He's uh, stepped down, and now they have David Lennon, Leonard in, in charge, who was the coach of the under-23s that also won their title against ANU on that same day. Uh, yet, like I said, they were champions last year. Now, they pressed quite a bit throughout the season last year. They are, They started the season with a bit of a... 
you know, a statement of intent when they beat ANU at home. And they were just, uh, they, they were, for me, they were probably the most tactically flexible side out of any of the to- uh, competitions last year. Uh, they could do both sides of the ball. They could defend very well and they broke very quick on the counter. And they, were, and they could also attack when need be. It just depended, depended on, um, you know, what, what game uh, it, uh, required it. And we saw that in the finals well against Ugali. They were able to defend. They were able to attack when they needed something. Uh, when Ugali took the lead, they were able to, they were able to get it. So I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see how the transition goes from Leonard, uh, sorry, from Babbage to Leonard. Uh, but at the end of the day, Leonard does know the plays. He's been around for a while. Uh, he's been around for a couple of years, and he would and like Russ is about to touch upon now with some of the new uh, signings coming in. Uh, quite a few of the under twenty threes players, so he he knows them best in that regard. So what are some of the keys announced from Wagga? Well, they've had a massive turnover as yep. we as you'd expected. The see, the side we're seeing this year is is not the side that got to the grand final last year. And that's the nature of the beast, unfortunately, for Wagga. There's a lot of young players that played in that group last year that have moved away to university and gone away to do other things away from, from the town or the city, I should say. Um, they've lost the experience of Matt Mentor and Carl Podesky as well, which is huge for them. Uh, they brought a fair few youngsters up, as you mentioned. Um, I saw them in the charity shield on Saturday. First things first, you can't really take anything from that from their point of view. Um, they were outclassed by a, a, a really good Canberra Croatia side that were absolutely ruthless on the weekends. Um, they took them apart 10 0. And I think for, for Wagga, it was just a question of, of what they could get from that game and, and try to have a little bit of. You know, experience of playing against, as David Leonard said to me, the best team in Canberra. Um, they won the double last year. They went unbeaten. Uh, so it's no no real shame for them that they got beat quite so heavily. I think it was probably on the cards. What I'd like to have seen more of was perhaps some of their players um, really taking the game by the scruff of the neck and trying to lift each other. Um, body language wasn't great in the first 20 minutes, but it came better in the second half. They They dug in. And I was really impressed with some of their players. Um, Jacob Ocheng up front is going to cause all sorts of problems to teams in MPL2 with his ability. Nashwan Suleiman uh, missed a penalty, but was quite lively when he got the ball um, to feed Matt Stevens uh, in midfield, I think, uh, was classy. And they've got young Samson Lucas, who scored a couple of goals in the FFA Cup win over Madura. Um, None of them really got the opportunity to shine on the weekends. I think Stevens had a one-on-one close to the end, which was well blocked by Matty Gerbisher. Um, and, you know, but that's by the by, to be perfectly honest. They're not going to come up against a side of that quality in MPL 2. For them, I think, pre-season, they, they won, they beat Hamwoods um, 3-2, they beat Albury Hotspurs 6-1 as well. So they've been amongst the goals. For them, I think their season starts this Thursday in the FFA Cup game. They'll look at Brindabella away as a game that they can win, uh, get to the last eight of the FFA Cup and you know, maybe put their name out there and, and draw a draw a Canberra Croatia or someone, in, you know, if they go through against Queanbeyan on Wednesday and maybe get a bit of revenge and show what they're all about. Because we didn't see it on the weekend. But I think Dave Leonard, as you mentioned, brought the young boys through. It's going to be a work in progress for him. It's not going to happen in the first few rounds because they're going to need time to gel. Um, but it might by the end of the 21 rounds. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them up near the top four, but it's going to be a, a big season for them without some of those bigger names like the Brooker brothers that were there last year, Dylan Burkray and that kind of thing. Yeah, most definitely. I think to sort of touch on Wagga City uh, Wanderers, obviously they were the champions uh, last season and kudos to them. It was a fantastic effort to see them uh, prevail and, and win, the, uh, win the title uh, in the shortened season last year. I think what we're not used to um, is when um, when you 
uh, are a successful side. You don't want too much uh, turnover, but sometimes things are out of your control, as as uh, this this proves most definitely. Um, you know they've they've had uh, departures uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, Russ, that, that that have been out of their control, and there's been a lot of change uh, this season. So. Uh, I think it would be very easy to obviously look at the loss that they had to Canberra, Croatia, um, 10-0 in the Charity Shield and say, well, there's no way that they're going to be champions uh, again. But um, like you said, you can't read into that result too much. They've got an important game against uh, Brindabella uh, that can really... Um, sorry, um, go ahead. I was going to say... I the other you were going to say something. Yeah, the other mitigating factor that um, I should have mentioned in that Canberra Croatia game was yeah. they did their goalkeeper Rob Fry in the week building up, and I think Brad Yeomans is their reserve goalkeeper, uh, the under twenty three keeper, and he pulled out as well. Um, I think it was the day before the game, and Liam Dedini, who went in goal, who was the hero of the um, grand final penalty shootout win, he'd retired after that. He hadn't put on a pair of gloves um, since coaching, that yeah. since that game. He's coaching the under twenty three, uh, and uh, he was forced to put a pair of gloves on again and. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant. So I think he made seven or eight uh, top-class saves in that game. Otherwise, it would have been a lot worse than what it was. And there's no blame attached to him whatsoever. So you imagine that they've got the, him as their third-choice goalkeeper. Um, the other two must be pretty handy. And we've seen yeah. Rob Fry before. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be difficult to score against. And I think they're going to cause a few problems going up the other end as well. Yeah. Um, before uh, Michael wraps up, Wog, I was about, you mentioned Rob Fry. He was, I, I thought he was like one of the men... Uh, men of the match in that final against mm. Ugala. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, so like, so credit to Wagga and Dadini for, you know, for stepping in because at the end of the day, it's very difficult, you know, when you, like you said, yeah, when you, you step in for you, a goalkeeper you, of that quality. Yeah. And, and then, then you've got to step in, you know, and then the second one doesn't come in. I mean, that it just would have been a you know nightmare for Dave Leonard, but um, yeah, no, be, best luck to Wagga City Wanderers. It's going to be difficult to repeat what happened last year. Um, not because they're not good enough, but because there's so much competition in yeah. in, in MPL 2 uh, this year. Let's see how they go on Thursday. Let's see how they, they match up against a team they're going to play three times in the league this season as well. Michael? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, Western Malonglo uh, with their coach, uh, Ned Jeans. Uh, in the 2020 season, they finished uh, seventh. Um, obviously, um, they started the season uh, positively. Uh, only conceding uh, one goal, which was a penalty in their first three games. Uh, they, they struggled with uh, after injuries to Hawkins and uh, Arden Law. Uh, they struggled to score goals uh, as the season uh, developed uh, and they weren't able to keep their uh, defensive uh, track record uh, the entire run. Uh, however, they defeated uh, Ugali uh, to end the season, which, um, you know, which was a po- very positive result um, he- heading into the break. So um, they've had a lot of uh, recruitment uh, in the off season. Uh, Nettie's very excited about the signing of um, Loya Albushi uh, from Monero Panthers under 23s. Uh, he most he mostly played as a striker uh, for, for Monero, but um, you know we saw him play um, uh, against Waden Valley as a centre attacking mid, uh, and he looked um, really impactful there. So that that's a positive sign, and uh, he's a player with skill on the ball and creates a lot. Uh, so I think it's a role that uh, will suit him uh, very, very well in this team. Um, Russ, uh, is there any important uh, additions uh, or, or changes uh, to, to Western Malonglo heading into the 2021 uh, campaign? 
Yeah, you mentioned Louis um, the, from the Panthers. He's one of their visa players. I think he's from Oman, I believe. Um, and uh, he's one of their two visa players they brought in. They brought in Liam Ball as well from Narrabundah, knows what it's all about at that, that level. He's played there for a number of years as well. Um, Sam McLaughlin back from a sabbatical as well. But I think it's going forward, but it's going to be interesting. Andrew Sellers has scored four goals in pre-season. He got a hat-trick um, in the FFA Cup in, in a, the space of about five minutes, although I think we tried to steal... Uh, one of the goals off him and give it his own goal. We'll give him a Hattie because he'll like that. Yeah. Um, and they've got Ashley Blount as well. And Ashley Blount has been a real personality in that team. And I think you, what you need in MPL too is you need strong personalities. You need people who can lead, not just on the park, but off it as well. Because you often find the best teams are the teams that gel off the park as much as they gel on it. Um, they want to play for each other. And I think that's what Ned's trying to build there. Masses of turnover, as you said, they've lost a lot of players from last season. They've got a fair few in as well, which is going to leave them in the same boat as someone like Wagga, where they've got to gel. Um, they've got to find time to gel as well. They had a great result in the FFA Cup. They've got a massive FFA Cup tie on Wednesday as well themselves against their um, local rivals, the West Canberra Wanderers. Um, and they'll love to knock them out of the competition as well. But... Uh, that, so that that for them is their main focus at the moment to try and get a result in that one. But I think going into the season, when Ned finds his best formation, like we said last year, defensively it was good. Couldn't find much going forward. Um, just need to add to that. And I think with his people, the, the um, players he's brought in and the players he's got in there as well, they'll they'll do that. Absolutely, Matt. Anything to anything to add there in in regards yeah. to uh, Western Wangla? Yeah, Russ mostly nailed on the head, and you did as well when you mentioned um, Louis. Yeah, I, I, I saw half. Uh, I saw, I think, the first half of that match, and he he looked um, very impressive, creating a lot of goals. Like you said, um, he was a striker at Monaro, and I'm sure he'll mix between those two. But I thought he was very, very good creating in that in that match, and I thought he was a difference maker uh, to begin with uh, and open the floodgates for um, Western Malonga in that tie. I also like the. Um, I also like the addition of Geordie Freeman from Narrabunda under 23s. I've seen him, I saw him play, uh, I've seen him play for a while, uh, a couple of years ago as well, when I did a bit of work with uh, FC Canberra City down there. I saw him play in those early 6 a.m. Um, training sessions. I saw him there. He was always a very um, rough and tough defender. He, he's very good at distributing the ball as well. And he, proper, proper no nonsense centre back. Yeah. It's what you want, isn't it? Isn't and it? and he's also got the uh, Edgar Davids goggles as well, which is uh, I I love. He's oh, the he, he's he's got the coolest, and he's got the long hair to go through as well. That's he's got win. the coolest look. <laughs> That's a win. Jordi will love me saying that, but yeah, he's got the coolest look there of anyone. Uh, I love. Yeah, you know, I'm a big big fan of Edgar Davids. Always have been. So I absolutely love that look. Hundred <laughs> percent there. But in terms of Western Longo, you mentioned it there. I I I, I called a lot last season. I saw a few of their games, and they. Like you said, very good defensively. I think uh, Arden Law, I think the one he's coming back in round four or five, Ned was telling me when I talked to him before, which is very, very key for them. Uh, he's a good he's a, he's a good leader as well. And Blount, like you mentioned, he's an absolute beast in the middle of the park. He keeps everything together. Yeah, and a second year for Ned as well. So he's got a bit more um, experience under his belt. He knows what it's like at this level now. So he's looking forward to it. I think they're going to go okay. And another side that will be looking, aiming for the top four and, and, and pushing on if they can. Yeah, any last words on Western Malongolo before we move on, Michael? I, I guess just to touch on, uh, I, I think they will uh, be, you know, uh, considered underdogs uh, this season uh, compared to some of the other clubs that we've touched on, uh, uh, obviously previously in this preview. Uh, however, uh, they have uh, plenty of belief they could they can upset some of the some of the big boys like uh, like they did against Ugali last season. Uh, they, they also play in the FFA uh, Cup uh, against. Uh, 
you know, West Canberra Wanderers, uh, like, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Russ. So uh, on Wednesday, that'll be a, a good encounter. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting uh, test uh, uh, for them. Uh, and we'll see how they go uh, in the season, uh, considering that, yeah, they're going to be uh, not touted as a team uh, looking... Um, or picked to be in the top four, but uh, they'll be looking to cause some uh, havoc like uh, some of the other teams uh, will for those sides that are considered to be um, uh, in that top four. Can I just mention um, Chris Webb as well from Western Malongla? He does an awful lot for MPL2. He gives me a huge amount of information from those clubs. He is uh, the MPL2 master, um, and you can read a fantastic preview piece that he's written um, for the Capital Football website. Um, which I've sent off to Capital Football to put on their website. It's a really good piece, very informative, ins and outs, and what you can expect from MPL2. So thanks to Chris Webb and keep an eye out for that one. 100%. Moving on to our final club uh, that we're going to preview is Ugali. They finished first, of course, won the league last year. Uh, Coached by Luke Santolin, they made the final in that absolutely scintillating final. That was like absolutely brilliant. I'm sure you love calling that one, Russ. It was, yeah, uh, against Wagga. They, uh, Ugali, they impressed a lot of teams last year. Let's not forget. I'll never forget when I had it. The first talk to Luke, he's like, Matt, we're not here to make up the numbers, all right? We're not here to make up the numbers. And I mentioned that several times last year, but I just, I love that quote. And I love the fact that they did so well. And he, he, he proved that they, they really weren't there to make up the numbers in that regard. Uh, and uh, they probably had, and you mentioned the chemistry before, how important mm. it is on and off the field. And I think Wagga and Ugali uh, probably proved it the most uh, considering they had already that sort of chemistry, especially Ugali have been playing. Most of those guys have been playing for years in their competitions and they proved it last year in the shortened season. Uh, so for Ugali, the mostly got um, most of this, uh, most of the squad that they had last year, pretty good. Uh, Luke wanted to also mention that their under 23s is mostly has been given a huge boost. They've got a uh, more numbers there, which helps them with the, uh, with the, uh, with the depth for the first grade squad. And uh, I, I think Ugalia is still going to be uh, um, uh, fighting for that top four and possibly even promotion. I, I really rated them last season. And with one year of, even though even though it was a shortened year, a year of capital football uh, football under their belt in MPL2, I think they're still going to be a, a team to reckon with. And we all know how great they are going forward. So, Russ, any yeah. um, notable ins and outs? Well, they brought in another Donadell just to make it confusing for me. <laughs> they brought in young Ruben Donadell, promoted him as well to go with Isaac, Jacob and Mason. And, uh, you know, there's, there's two sets of brothers are all cousins. Um, it's, it's a real family affair there as well. And that's what the club's built on. And you mentioned the camaraderie that they have. You don't travel, uh, was it four hours or so on a bus together and not have camaraderie? They're doing it the right way. I mean, I've been chats with Luke Santolin since the start of the season, um, helping them to arrange um, some overnight stays. So they want to stay here in Canberra after games. They want to get a real feel to uh, travel away and give their guys time to recover. And you mentioned how good they are going forward. I watched them in the FFA Cup and they won 6-0 against Juventus and Mitch Bajanti got a couple and Daddy Roach got a couple and he's an excellent centre forward. And they did all of that without Calvin Roddy, who's uh, their Scottish import, who was excellent last year, and Joe Priest. Who um who's ran the midfield and was one of the best players Riverina Rhinos had as well in their short spell in MPL one. Um, to put it plainly, I think they've got it all to go all the way again. They're young, they're enthusiastic, they're quick off the ball, they pass and move sharply. Great range of passing in midfield. Strikers who've got 
instinct to get in behind defenders who've got penalty box instinct as well. And um, we saw the head of the young Roche put in, he's the smallest player on the park in the first game against Juve, scores after 45 seconds between two towering centre-backs because his positioning so good and then hits the bar later with a header. Um, they've got it all over the park and it's going to be exceptional to see them this season and they're going to be one of the teams to beat. Um, not sure they'll thank us for saying that. Luke Santolin wouldn't sure would like his side to slide under the radar a little bit, but they've got an FFA Cup um, quarterfinal to look forward to even and by because UC Stars pulled out. Um, but they're into the quarterfinals of the FFA Cup. And I can guarantee you now that nobody that gets into that hat for the last eight will fancy playing Ugali FC. Um, Ugali SC, I should say. Not FC, uh, slap on the wrist. That, that, that's, that's the other club. Yeah, I get slap on the wrist if I say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, nobody will want to play them. Um, and, and especially if you have to go away. Uh, they're, they're champion at the bit to host an FFA Cup tie. They're really disappointed that they didn't get to host UC Stars in the last round. And, you know, I'd like to think that fate will smile on them and give them a home quarterfinal against one of the, the big names. And they'll pack the ground out down there and we can send the cameras down and we can all go uh, and enjoy what will be a fantastic game of football um, at a fantastic football club. Most definitely, I think. You know, obviously, Ugali looked very good in their uh, FFA Cup third round match against uh, Gungal and Juventus, where they won uh, 6 0. Uh, uh, they found it uh, hard to organize uh, friendlies uh, due to their uh, location. Um, and you, you could see that on their, on their Facebook page, actually. Uh, they're, they're a very ambitious side uh, that, that will look to improve on their already great season uh, last year and the success that they achieved and, and look for promotion. Uh, I think obviously uh, a, a massive note to make is their return um, of home matches at Solar uh, Mad Stadium in Griffith. Um, that's a massive plus uh, for them. You always want to be playing in your in your home uh, stadium in front of your home fans, so um, they'll, they'll be able to bring the community uh, there together um, and you know uh, bring out a full voice of support uh, at home matches there in Griffith. Um, you know uh, where we saw uh, last year uh, where they had to travel to Deacon Stadium for the final, you could have only imagined what that would have been like at their home stadium in Griffith. So um, it, that's a massive sign uh, for them. And that will boast really well considering um, the talent of the other teams that they're going to be coming up against uh, th this season. So um, we can expect great things from uh, Ugali uh, again uh, this season. That's for sure. It's a great venue as well. I was lucky enough to go there once for the, for an NPL game uh, against Canberra Olympic. I mentioned it to Frank Keisha a lot because they lost 1-0. It's the biggest smash and grab I've ever seen. Olympic had about 45 chances and Riverina had one on the break. Young lad off the bench, netted in the 90th minute. It was probably one of the best nights that they've uh, had in Riverina for a long time. And yeah. uh, they really enjoyed it afterwards in the club. And uh, that was with the Rhinos. This is with Ugali. This is a, a much more settled environment. They've got a real um, swathe of backers behind them that want this club to succeed and are, are putting their money towards it by, you know, putting them down here in, in accommodation, sending them in buses and that kind of thing. They, they're really pushing. Um, and you can just imagine, you know, you look ahead in, in, in eight months or so, if they are in MPL1, you know, if they did win the league and go up, how much of a boost that would be to the region? 100%. Uh, Michael, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, so wrapping up, Ugali, we'll quickly preview round one. Michael, what, what's our, what's the first match we have? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So we've got uh, Wagga City Wanderers up against uh, the O'Connor Knights, uh, Saturday, April tenth, two fifteen at Gissing Oval. Um, it, it is an interesting matchup. A lot of people will be looking at the charity uh, shield uh, score that we mentioned before um, and, and count uh, Wagga out. Um, 
but I think they'll sort of relish that uh, perception and look look to prove a lot of people uh, wrong and just to prove that that was a one-off. And we talked about the unfortunate circumstances around the goalkeeper situation that they had. And, um, you know, on the other side of the coin, we'll be, you, we'll be seeing a very, very different uh, O'Connor uh, outfit uh, compared to last year, the motivation to, um, you know, um, hit this state, sorry, this season by storm uh, in order to look in, uh, and gain promotion. Um, you know, they've, they've proved in preseason they can be strong uh, defensively and we already know the ability they have uh, going forward uh, with Yosef Yadrich, as you touched on uh, before, Russ. So um, it'll be an interesting uh, encounter with Wagga City going in there with no fear. Uh, they've got they've got nothing to lose against a side in O'Connor who's um, expected to win uh, th- this contest, uh, I'd say. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on this uh, match, Russ? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Wagga City Wanderers at home is always a diff- diff- difficult prospect for anybody. The travel takes a little bit out of you. It's all about preparation. It's all about getting there in time to get yourself stretched out, ready to go. I think in round one, you're going to carry all your whole squad down there. You'll be surprised if there's anybody missing because uh, everybody's raring to go. So it's a good time to go away from home to Wagga or Ugali in round one because um, everybody will be up for it and champing at the bit. It's a bit harder to do it in the middle of winter when you've had a few defeats under the belt to get yourself motivated for that kind of thing. Uh, so I think probably Knights will have too much for them uh, on this occasion. But again, it depends on who travels. And I don't think it will be as easy as everybody would perhaps suggest based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it will be anywhere near as easy. But I really do like the look of O'Connor for the reasons that I mentioned before. And uh, there's probably, and we also mentioned, there's probably a little too much... Um, uh, movement at the moment for Wagga is to hit the ground running straight away. So I'm 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 going for O'Connor. I'm a, uh, what about you, Russ? I think, I think the Knights will, will take this one. How about you, Michael? Before we move on to the next match, who do you say will uh, go through on this one? Yeah, I think I gave it up beforehand, but yeah, O'Connor are probably going to win this one against uh, Wagga City. All right, and the next matchup is Canberra White Eagles against ANU Saturday, April 10th, 3 p.m. at Woden Parking Close. Uh, we mentioned White Eagles haven't had the uh, best of uh, preseason, so I'll be looking to um, uh, turn that around in this first uh, match. And of course, new coach Adam Condipadero, his first first grade job, he'll be raring to, uh, to raring to go at the bit. Um, and like I mentioned, I think they'll be really, really want to get a, a, a big a big start for them, considering last year. I think this will be a very very close encounter. I'm going to go for a draw for all the reasons I've mentioned in the preview as well. I just think it's just going to be such a close encounter. Both have had similar preseasons and that both have had the um, new coaches, but both sort of have uh, similar teams uh, that they had last year. I think this is, it's always a close match, but I think this one will be a draw. What about you, Russ? I think you've summed it up, mate. I think it's going to be a draw as well. I think both sides are decent. Um, I don't think either side will really go for broke in round one. Um, I think a draw would be probably a, an acceptable start to the season for both teams on this occasion. Although I wouldn't count out either side winning, um, obviously. Um, but I do think that they'll nullify each other. Um, and I think the ANU probably possess more of a goal threat at the moment than White Eagles. But I think being at home in front of their crowd there, the few Eagle burgers inside them, <laughs> they'll come up with a draw. Michael? Sure. I think for the sake of being... Uh, different. I'm going to go with a with a White Eagles win, um, and I'll just place uh, you know my my history of playing for the club as well as to you know uh, them getting the win as well. So it's a little um, bit of bias there as well. You can't you can't yeah, a little, 
a little bit of bias, but we can't have three draws across the board. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, any any combination of result wouldn't surprise me in that one. If NU came away with three points, I wouldn't say it's an upset. If 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 White Eagles won the game, I wouldn't say it's an upset. You know, which is why I've got I've sat on the fence to be honest, and probably why Matt did as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm going for a White White Eagles win at the at the nest, as they call it. Uh, so. Uh, that, that'll be a, a close game, though, uh, for sure. Both teams are, are quality, so uh, that, that should be a good one at Woden Park. All right, and Michael, what's our next matchup? Uh, our third fixture is uh, Brindabella Blues against Queanbeyan City, uh, Saturday, April 10th, 4.45pm at Corwell. Um, there's a lot of anticipation, obviously, that we've noted before um, surrounding Queanbeyan City and how they're going to go uh, this season. Um and that's going to start uh, in Colwell against Brindabella. Uh, Brindabella have um, gone on quietly improving uh, their, their squad, uh, you know, in, in the shadows um, of the likes of Quamian. But uh, with a year of experience and chemistry under their belts, um, you, you don't want to count, count them out. Um, they did um, upset uh, Quamian uh, in the final round uh, of the season uh, last year. Um, I think considering uh, all those factors, um, for this encounter, I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City win because uh, of my Macedonian heritage this time. So, <laughs> more bias there. And your dad used to play for Queanbeyan City, as well, didn't he? Sorry, your dad used to play for Queanbeyan City as well, didn't he? No, he played for Manara. Yeah, Manara as well. Sorry, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I, I, I keep, the, I keep back uh, in the most, NFL most Macedonians days. that play for Manara also also play for Queanbeyan City. That's why I thought that. Yeah, happened. that's right. Uh, the yeah, the yeah. Manara's legendary uh, Laurie Pallock. That that's why I thought that because he played for both. He came here to play for Queen's City. Yeah. And he played for Manara. So what 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 about you, Russ? What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I think um, it's youth versus experience. I think when you look at the two sides on the park, you're going to have a very young Brenda Bella Blues outfit that will try to run Queenbean City off their feet. I think it's their best bet of winning the match, to be honest. There's a fair bit of pace in that Brenda Bella Blues side. However, I think the um, the firepower that Queenbean City have, the experience that Queenbean City have, and taking a leaf out of Mark, Michael's book, I emceed Mark Shields' wedding a few years back, so... You know, I have a bias <laughs> towards Queenbean City if we're going down those routes. <laughs> no, I think I think Queenbean City just have a, a little bit too much for Brindabella in terms of quality um, across the park. Uh, it won't be a, a huge blow, I don't think, because I think those young boys will really put an effort in. Um, you did mention last season's results as well. That might play on the minds of some of the players that were there last year. Uh, that, that basically cost them any shot of the league title. So they won't want to start the season... Um, with a defeat, and I'm going to go for Queanbeyan City. Yeah. Look, um, I'm 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 not going to be different. Uh, unlike what what Michael said before, I'm going to go for Queanbeyan City. But I wouldn't count Brenda Bella out. Like, don't be surprised if they can even snatch a draw here. Because at, at the end of the day, Queanbeyan City also have you know quite a few new players. So um, we all know that they've already gotten on the board. You know, scoring um, heaps of goals so far in preseason. But maybe they might need some time to. Um, uh, you know, get together as well. But in saying that, though, I do think Queenbeyan City will have a little bit too much for them. But don't count out Brenda Bella. I'm going to go for a Queenbeyan City victory here. And our next matchup, the last matchup of the round, we've got Ugali versus Western Malonglo, Sunday, April 11th, 2 p.m. Solomat Stadium. Like Michael mentioned before, Ugali's first league match at home in a while due to the overnight, uh, easy, easy of the overnight constri- uh, restrictions for COVID. Western Malonglo will look to rekindle the um, the magic that they had when they uh, travelled and they beat Ugali the final match of the season. Uh, Western will be rare. Western Malonglo will be raring to go. However, I do feel like 
um, Newgali will be a little bit, just a little too strong for them. I, uh, we all, uh, considering they've mostly got the exact same squad they had last year, and we saw just the beautiful free-flowing football that they play, I think Newgali uh, is just going to be uh, too strong for uh, Western Malonglo. However, um, I'm not just saying this to be cliche, but don't count out Western Malonglo either because they did end up beating Ugali on at, 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 in, in this exact fixture, except it was played in uh, Kudamandra, of course, due to the restrictions I just mentioned. Russ? Rewind the video about eight minutes and you'll see why I think Ugali <laughs> are going to win um, this one, to be honest, at home at Solomad Stadium. I think they've got a point to prove. Like you said, they haven't been there for a while and they were championed a bit for that cup game that didn't happen. Uh, I think they're going to have too much in the tank for Western Malonglo. As, as I mentioned about the trip to Wagga, even harder to go down to Griffith um, on the day of the game and, and get yourself motivated for it, especially with the way I've seen Ugali start matches lately as well. They come out like a house on fire. They're going to be raring to go for this one. I think they've got just a little bit too much in the tank and they'll come away with the three points in this one. Michael? Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think there's uh, just too many um, positive factors on the side of uh, Ugali heading into this fixture. I mean, we've already obviously touched on um, having their first league match back at home uh, for the first game uh, of this new um, season. Uh, coming off the back of a great year last year, I expect them to uh, continue uh, that that vein of form uh, heading into this one against uh, Western Malongolo. Uh, so I'm expecting a Ugali uh, three-point uh, performance. So if you're a fan of Wagga City Wanderers, um, Brindabella Blues and Western Malongla, you're going to win in round one because we've just all tipped <laughs> against you and it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> very, very bad at tipping. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see. I think um, former Narrabunda coach Jono sent us a message on Twitter. I think you saw that one as well. And he said, oh, I think I, I feel a tipping uh, comp coming up. And uh, so we'll, we'll wait. Look, we might have to keep. We might have to keep. Um, we might have to keep tabs on. Um, well, on a tipping on a tipping comp. So well, let's, I'm interested let's, to see how I go with um, the round one uh, fixtures across well, the I NPL one, NPL two. It's like, uh, yeah. in the first game, let alone last week. <laughs> that's, that's that's. I think it'll be a, for, for a good laugh. I mean, I'm sure some people will point that out to us throughout the season, which always it always helps. Oh, look, I mean, once, once people once people listen to this preview, I'm sure we'll get hundreds of messages going. Hey. Why did you tip against us? And, <laughs> and and when they win, they'll be sending us messages going, well, you were wrong. And, and look, and if they want to yep. come up and have a chat about it, we're more than happy to have them on. Anybody, yeah. any players or coaches out there from MPL2 or MPL1, fancy coming on the football show, we'll have you. 100%. And especially if uh, if any of us tipped against uh, Quavian City for the first match of the season, I can guarantee there's a few people there that would have been messaging me, to say the oh, least. Oh, look, they're, they're quite vociferous, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> look, I think, I think, to be honest, we, what I'm looking forward to, I think the match of the round in that fixture is probably White Eagles ANU. I think that's probably going to be the match of the round for me. It's going to be a great tie. But what I'm really looking forward to is just to see how these clubs cope with the pressure um, when the season progresses, there's a lot of players in. There's a lot of talk right now about who's going to go up, and the the winner at the round end of 21 rounds of football are, are will be playing MPL one football next season, and they'll bring up their under 23s with them, no matter where they are on the ladder. And yep. when you get to that pointy stage of the season, and these fixtures are going to come thick and fast, uh, the pressure um, psychologically, as uh, mentally and physically, is going to be huge on these boys and on the coaches as well. And and it's something that we've uh, mentioned before and they probably wouldn't wouldn't have had the experience of doing it before a lot of these guys promotion it changes the whole dynamic to everything uh, those games that you suddenly think we're playing teams at the bottom of the table that are an easy three points just aren't anymore you know they suddenly become real slogs and and the team that 
that can grind out the results when they're not playing well in the depths of winter, as we say here, with a bit of you know a bit of rain, a bit of mud, and maybe a bit of snow. They're the ones that are going to come out on top. And you look at those squads, and at the moment, it's too even to call. One hundred percent. So, um, uh, as as we wrap this up now, Russ, uh, tell everyone what uh, is coming up on Bar TV Sport, especially in the FFA Cup this week. Yeah, uh, FFA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. We got some two cracking fixtures for you this week, Wednesday night. Uh, Deacon Stadium, 7 o'clock, Canberra, Croatia versus Queenbin City. Myself and Frank Asia will take you through that one on Thursday nights, just 24 hours later, 7 p.m. Ipan Parking Call, well, I believe they're calling it now. Brindabella Blues versus Wagga City Wanderers. And uh, you can um, join myself and Mitch Stevens. And credit to Ryan Webeck at Brindabella Blues. I gave him the call up about um, three weeks ago to say, look, we would love to come down to Brindabella uh, to do that match like we did with the Narabunda game. Um, is there any way you can organise some sort of uh, platform for us to commentate from? And within about five or six hours, he'd come back saying he's managed to secure some sponsorship to put some scaffolding up um, so that we can film the FFA Cup down there as well. It's fantastic. Uh, People like that, people like him in the football community that enable us at Bar TV to do what we do. It's people um, like all the coaches that I send the messages to, that you know, Glenn Smith on the weekend that gave us a huge rundown on on Bell North to help Maddie when I dropped him in it on Sunday morning uh, to be able to commentate on these games. And you know, it, it, we can't do these shows and we can't do this stuff for Bar TV if you guys don't continue to help us out. And we're grateful for every time you do it. And looking further ahead, we'll have coverage of two of the quarterfinals for you in the FFA Cup as well. So to be decided which ones. And then we'll cover both semi-finals and the final in the FFA Cup. And looking further ahead, if you want to, MPL Round 1 will be at the Riverside Stadium for Round 1, Canberra Olympic v. Monero Panthers. And then on Sunday, myself and Matt will be taking a bit of a road trip down to Nijong Oval for Tigers FCV Canberra Croatia, which um, I promised a, a non-goalless draw on the week on Friday <laughs> with Canberra United and Sydney FC. It came back to bite me a bit because it was nil-nil. That one won't be. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sure it won't. Michael, any last words before we wrap up? Oh, none other than the fact that I, I like that you sort of talk about that uh, story there, Russ. Um, you know, um, it, it's it's always uh, great to see the involvement of, um, you know, our footballing community, um, especially when we reach out um, to, I think, give you know, these clubs um, as much ex- exposure as, as we can because uh, we always want to promote the game and and promote it, um, you know, through different areas of Canberra and surrounding regions. And I think when we have uh, personalities uh, within different clubs that are willing to, you know, go the extra mile or uh, that are willing to respond and, um, you know, help help us out in, in any way uh, that they can in order to, you know, put, a, put on a, um, you know, put on a show or, you know, ha- have the ability to, um, you know, set up cameras so that we can actually film uh, and and broadcast these games live, uh, no matter where it is in, in Canberra or the surrounding regions, like I mentioned. Um, it, it's always great to see that that effort. Um, it definitely doesn't go um, unnoticed. And um, that's obviously why you mentioned it there, Russ. Uh, um, that's why we love our footballing uh, community. And it's good to see uh, people out there who, uh, want to keep um, you know ex- exposing this game to as many people um, as we can because it's always looking to uh, continue to grow here in the nation's capital. So um, it's a fantastic um, effort. It's the nature of the beast, isn't it? That a lot of the focus is on MPL one, um, understandably so. It's the top level of our game here in Canberra and the Women's National Premier League as well. Uh, but it's easy to forget that 
in MPL2 and below, there's club sides out there that have got fantastic stories, fantastic club people, progressive clubs like Brindabella Blues, like everybody we've mentioned tonight in MPL2, and below that in the State League, Madura FC. I'm sure we'll do a story on them at some stage during the season. Um, Bell North, that we have got real, real eyes on the prize, and they want to become an MPL2 side. Yanara Bundes that are still out there, Yas. Gundaroo, you know, there's there's footballing stories throughout Canberra and the region that we're very proud of as as people in of this of this football family in Canberra and the ACT. And if you've got the stories out there, we want to hear from you, and we'd love to have you on the show. We absolutely do, Matt. One hundred percent. Thanks, thanks for that, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. Great stuff, and of course, thanks, Russ. I'm sh- uh, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure you're absolutely knackered after yesterday, so um, I appreciate you sitting there. Uh, Sitting with yeah, us through this long preview. Four matches on the weekend, one on Friday, two on Saturday, one yesterday, and a couple more to come. So, yeah, I might go home and have a sleep. <laughs> I don't, uh, that's, a, that's a very good idea. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the dog doesn't wake you this time. Uh, don't him on the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank, right. you very, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, next will be our MPLW preview. Jeremy McGann will be joining us back for that one. He's uh, back on the in the commentary box as well this season and we're all looking forward to uh, the MPL2 kicking off as well like I said before like as soon as I started watching MPL2 last year it just caught me immediately there's such a great energy about it and we all can't wait for that to happen so like I said MPLW will be up next week and uh, we just can't wait for football to start thank you very much 